and welcome to the World Music Podcast, episode 12. Well, you're hearing the tabla of Amenachishti playing with the internationally acclaimed Kuali Ensemble, Fanafi Allah. I'm really excited to share my conversation with Amina. If you're not familiar with Kuali, which is an amazing devotional style of music from Pakistan and North India, this episode will introduce you to this vibrant Sufi musical tradition. Well, Amina Chishti Kowal has been a leading force in the art of traditional Kowali tabla. As a student of the great Ustad Dildar Hussein Khan, Amina was formerly initiated by her teacher in 2003. She has really challenged the cultural confines of women in Pakistan and India not only by performing tabla in an all-male arena, but also by receiving permission to perform at the shrines of Pakistan's greatest Sufi saints, where women have not traditionally been allowed to play. And this is really groundbreaking, and it's ushering in a new bridge between the East and West in a cultural exchange rooted in ancient tradition. Now I want to say a little bit more about the group Fanafi Allah, of whom Amina is a founding member. Well, all of the founding members of Fanafi Allah have spent over 20 years learning Kubali with some of the greatest masters of India and Pakistan. And thus Fanafi Allah seek to represent the music in its traditional, authentic form. And over the last 18 years, they have built a cultural bridge between East and West embodying a universal message of tolerance that is crucial to our time. They have offered audiences around the world a unique glimpse into the rich and vibrant culture of Kowali, performing at large international festivals and concerts throughout the USA, Canada, Pakistan, China, Russia, Europe, Morocco, Indonesia, India, and Egypt. Well, now I think it's time to jump right in and let Amina share more about her path as the first Western woman to carry on the tradition of Kowali. This interview was originally recorded on September 18th, 2021. Enjoy. Welcome, friends. I'm super excited today to have Amina Chishti as my guest. And uh, it's a real pleasure to have her on the show. Welcome, Amina. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Mm. Well, I'm curious, you know, to begin, I'm, I'm also a Westerner who found myself really immersed in ancient music from South Asia. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you came to be so immersed in the music of Pakistan and India. Okay, yeah, as foreigners, it's been such a interesting path to be a part of this bridge from the east to the west and vice versa. So this bridge has been built by the masters before us. And um, in my lineage, the Sufi lineage, um, Hazrat Nayak Khan is formerly known as the first Sufi in the West. And that was in 1920, him and his three brothers, or five brothers, the story goes, sailed a ship from India to play a concert in New York and took them three months to on the boat to get to New York at that time. And um, 
They were Ruge Urbina players, so you're familiar with what does that mean. It means some serious tuning before you play. And the story goes, they sat down to tune, and the concert hall filled up. And by the time they in, finished their tuning, that was about a 45-minute hour tuning session, um, the audience clapped and walked out. <laughs> and that's when Hazrat Night Khan uh, renounced music and started t- tuning souls. And he wanted to spread the message of Sufism and um, and uh, through the means of the music, as well as the philosophy of um, um, peace, love, and harmony. Mm. And, um, you know, that bridge is very, very potent for me because I found in my life that cultural exchange has only expanded my horizons into a richer life experience. And without me being able to experience these other cultures and uh, ways of life, um, I would, I would definitely be on a different path than I am now. And, you know, these, these cultural exchange is a big, big experience for us in humanity. Mm. And um, I think that's really what touched me deeply on this path. And then the music became a part of that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, you're as a young outsider musician, you're looking for the best place to accomplish some disciplined lifestyle and um you know of course i made it to varanasi (laughs) and that place holds such a sacred strong um container to develop a devotional sense of what it means to really i wouldn't say master this music but i would say even what it means to swim within this music to understand, to have not only a feeling, but uh, an understanding of the music so you can connect with it. Mm. And, um, you know, I had, I had feeling behind it. I was like, wow, this is beautiful. What is this sitar? And what is this feeling I'm getting from experiencing this classical music? Um, and, you know, it, it was very, it was very, you know, I didn't understand why I was feeling attracted to this. And so through the study and through the experience of diving into the practices and the actual, you know, day-to-day experience of living inside the culture, um, that's where I, I received so much uh, ability and strength to do that is through, through, yeah. Yeah. So it's been, it's been such an encouraging path and I really felt like, you know, the feeling was coming, but the studying was the part that really locked me in into feeling like this was a holistic experience for me. Wow. Thank you for sharing. I, I know that Hazrat Anayat Khan came for that concert, but I didn't know that part you shared about the tuning. And I know that he, renounced being a musician to be a kind of spiritual teacher. And that's really cool that 
that is a beautiful story. You know, it's got so much, it says so much in that, <laughs> in that <laughs> happening. Yeah, it, it says so much, you know. Um, and here we are, you know, 100 or 100 years later. Mm. Yeah. You know? And I, it's, it's quite, you know, you see the importance behind that bridge um, in these times now and the, the abilities that we had as foreigners to really research and go to these places, not being born in a lineage, not being, you know, we, we were, we were drawn in such, I was drawn in such a way that it was um, not, I was not able to deny the call to further my studies and um, give it give it everything I had to be able to. It just felt like at that time there was a place for me to put that kind of devotion into a specific path that was very um, rich in its ways. So uh, I'm very thankful for that that bridge, and I I I, I wonder about it these days and. How are we going to be those gatekeepers for that bridge to be accessible for us as Americans and as well as for the 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 Far East to be able to receive students like us has been a huge peacemaking experience for them to mm. really see uh, Americans for for a different aspect than they may have in their mind of us so, and vice versa. <laughs> yeah. Let's keep the bridges, <clears throat> the bridges open. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. well, for our listeners who may not be familiar, I was wondering if you could share, you know, what is Kowali and how is it unique from the sister styles of Hindustani classical, Kirtan, and the other folk styles from this part of the world? Oh, I love that question. Yes, it's so interesting to me. Yeah, Kavali means in its translated form, it actually means one who wails. Hmm. And in Kavali, we have certain style that's actually the rebel style of all of this genre you know you have hindustani classical music but this is a very big genre of different styles inside right. we have so many guzzle geet hayal chota classical buddy classical we have you know carnatic we have so many different styles inside bhajan kirtans kowali you know so this was the merit, the love between the Muslims and the Hindus that created Kuali music. You know, it was those Persian people that came in a thousand years ago to India and were conquering India. And, you know, it's the great Khaja Moinuddin Chisti who actually, you know, instead of forcing people to adapt their Muslim ways, he adapted the ways of the local people, which were the Hindus, and he started the Sama inside the Sufi tradition because he saw that 
you know, the Hindus were making music in a devotional way, and it was very a beautiful sense happening. So he adapted that and created the Sama inside the Sufi music and and um, also served vegetarian food only because he knew he was in a, a place that was, you know, this is the way the people are. Why spend all this time trying to change people? Why not just accept them who they are? And then we can start sharing and evolving from that point. So that's why I'm so honored to be initiated in the Chisti lineage, because that's the message of the Chistis is that there's a marriage of union of love in our separations. And we look for that. And, um, we, you know, develop that and we become that because, because that's our way. So, you know, this was Kowali music was that, that union between those two, two cultures. And within the music, you also have later about 300 years after that, Amir Kusro, he came and he created the sitar and the tabla. And he actually is responsible for creating what we now call Kowali music. And that is, you know, I like what uh, my Ustad said. He said, you know, Kowali is like a, a bouquet of flowers, wild flowers. So you have, you know, Hindustani classical, you have Ghazal, you have Drupad, you have Kayal, you take all this beautiful, beautiful pieces from these different genres that all have that same tree and you and you you utilize that. And as you know in Hindustani classical music, it's one rag for life. And you know, and Kavali music, we have to be able to know these families of ragas and know these families that match and meet because we mix our raga and we we create that mix and that spontaneity and improvisation from the the skill. And what that creates is this thousand-year-old song to become revivified. So you're able to bend the rules in a beautiful way with your with your intention to actually create, you know, these bridges. Hmm through that culture and that continent. And we have, you know, Urdu, we have Punjabi, we have Hindi, we have Saraiki, we have Persian. We have all these different languages as well inside the Kowali music. This is, this is Sufi music. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful topics there. I love what you shared about how the Sama started and how this idea of let's not, force an, an ideal upon people let's meet them and then we have an opening where we can share and i think that's the heart of of these musical traditions that that's why they're still here like a thousand years later is because they were given that chance to expand and flourish and it's just such a powerful statement and message there you know so much has has become of that simple intention that that's so powerful and it's very effective for for any type of influence too or even if you think of it politically or 
in that way. It's yeah, I also think of Tonson when you mentioned that, and you know he wasn't really trying to impose some strict idea of religion. He was very open-minded and a patron of music and the arts. And um, I love just sharing this message with listeners and people that you know this time and this idea of openness and taking the best from the cultures that we come into contact with is it's like how human humanity grows you know it's how we can grow as people you know and um you know that's the beautiful thing of life watching people grow you know Mm. i just that's my favorite thing is growth Mm. and and you know it's funny you mentioned tanzan because i i I gave a a workshop the uh the other day and and uh you know i've been offering more online action because this is our medium now in a big way Mm -hmm. and uh my theme for our workshop was actually tanzan when he was asked you know um oh i heard your teacher's amazing i heard he sings like a bird. I can't wait to hear some of his compositions and, you know, very in awe of Tamsin's lineage and his teacher. And, and he, he replied, you know, if my, if my teacher, you know, you, you can't wait to hear his music, you know, that's so honorable to hear. Thank you. But to call my teacher an, a musician would be inadequate we would actually have to say he is music himself. Wow. And that's the idea, you know, behind a practice is to become embodied in this idea, you know? So as a practitioner, we, we start to become, you see the embodiment of music within your life. This is, I love it, you know, and Mm. anything we are going to do is our practice. So it's important we choose something that's very beneficial for the whole. And whatever we will be doing is a practice. This is life to, um, you know, per- practice the perfection. And, and uh, I love that music has that ability to bring people together of all walks of life, of all faith, of all ideas, and create this place where maybe for one second there's that we're all, we're we're all there. It's all one. Every I'm not. I'm just listening, playing. I'm, you know, there's a, a feeling there of um, unity, you know, and you know, it's like there's so much that goes into a program. Oh, set up, traveling, oh, time, you know, sound checks and getting ready and everybody's little place that they hold to create that moment to exist. Yeah. And I think right now we're in a point where we have that choice to like expand that moment into a life and um, or not. And, and I choose that. Because I think there's a real opportunity here for us in this time to, you know, create our reality. We'll create that reality. And um, I'm really looking forward to, um, you know, taking those moments that we work so hard to create and know they exist and 
be able to expand those into our life. As a performer, there's so much loss right now. You're like, oh, I don't know. When are you to out? Oh, you know, there's no answer to that for for this time. You know, and that makes it, you know, be a place of uh, um, new experience. And I I choose to, you know, really take those moments and expand them and and uh, and live my life in in unity consciousness you know? so music has been the path for me to to get to that place hmm. um, wow that's that's very powerful just a concept and intention to take that kind of magic and expansive state that we experience in the music and see that as a place that can come into all parts of our life that's a very powerful message i think that's something a lot of us musicians can remember right now and integrate just um i've been missing that that energy that time and um it's been a little challenging and so this really helps us remember that that moment is all moments if we can see it that way and Bring and that. choose that, you know, we have a power of choice, you know, so we can choose, choose that. And, you know, even one, one conscious breath, that's our ability to tap into that same thread that creates all of us together and all of us in a place to experience unity. Mm-hmm. We might be alone in that breath, but when we put consciousness to it, it creates it to become um you know those kind of moments where you know you you look at a tree in these times and they're not concerned about um if they are on quarantine or not you know and this is the image of the nature where we need to gather our strength right now as as nature and music you know is a place to really gather strength of um, transparency, being transparent and transparency. I like that, but being transparent mm-hmm. and actually tapping into these greater sources of wisdom uh, beyond our level of survival and what that takes. So <laughs> beautiful. So both Kavali and, and Hindustani traditions share this, deep bond between the teacher and the student, the guru-shishya relationship. Um, It's a very sacred part of the music, and I just would like to give you space to share about about your teachers. Mm. Shukriya, yeah, thank you. Uh, Ustad Dildar Hussein Khan, what what a lineage holder in his own right, and what he's seen throughout his time um, of experiencing this musical family and genre and path is 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 so prolific. He he's such a character of simplicity. It's out, it's outstanding. Mm. You would think a master would be, have to be very sophistic, very 
sophisticated and very detail oriented or I don't know what you would think, but all my ideas of who he should be, you know, rarely fall away. And I got to really experience who he really is, you know, and that was a beautiful thing of being a student that you don't get very much because you put your teacher like up. Yeah. You're on their, your teacher's feet. So therefore, if you do look up there, you know, you look up mm-hmm. and they're immediately put there because that's their spot. But at the same time, we need to, I needed to be able to see him for truly a person. And that was such a, I have never met um, a beautiful person like that. So much feeling in his participation of uh, meeting people and so much feeling and humility in him, watching him, you know, jam, play music with people would never touch that place even me <laughs> you know they we've been able to he accepted me as a student and I was like okay let's do work got some work to do and I was very able and capable to um, receive his teachings because they were so clear and so perfect for me mm. and it's outstanding that yeah he didn't keep a book of every lesson we did but if it had been months, if it had been a couple of days, I go back to Ustaji. I'm ready for sit down and some chai. And he would literally start, start the lesson from my last lesson. And I wouldn't remember what that was until he would start the lesson. And I would be very amazed that he could re- leave off where we stopped Maybe a year ago, maybe a few months ago, maybe a day ago. But it was always like that. And I'm still fascinated by his ability to share. And and he's such a a giving, 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 giving person um, in his music and his abilities. And so honored to be able to be with Pidukan, you know, and and Pidukan is his known name when he was touring with Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan and that, that time, you know, there will, you look back in life and you say, Oh, there, there'll never be times like that. You know, that was really cool times. And, you know, that's what they had too. Hmm. And they had some amazing times to be able to spread the message like that. And Ustaji being like, a village man, you know, he he grew up as a koal, you know, in this lifestyle, truly, you know. And if you know about koali music, you would know that, like, traditionally, things have changed from the original, what does that mean, tradition? They've evolved, they've changed, they've grown, mm-hmm. which is a natural, natural place, but... Ustaji was there in that real life of a koal, you know, and what does that mean? It means you're born into it. You don't have a decision. This is who you are, and this is what you will do. And in in my respects, it's like, wow, I wish I had that in my life. I wish I had someone telling me exactly what to do and pushing me to do it no matter what. 
But in that respect, when you're in that place, you know, it's very hard to know, not rebel from what you're being told who you are and what to do. So that's why we look at these lineage people that actually are blood lineage holders and are in awe because how did you just be able to step into that role because their culture, because of the way that they are subject to be and, and believe. And this is a, like you said, it stands the test of time because it's allowed for growth. So this is, you know, you go back to that original, I could talk about Ustaji forever. So mm-hmm. just interrupt me anytime, but that original source of what it means to be a koal and you don't really have that choice, you know? Um, and if you accept that you can become very masterful. Yeah. Yeah. So, you wow. know, he was, he was beautiful to watch and, you know, koals basically are born into their spiritual teachers lineage to actually just play koali for them their whole life and they don't go out of that particular sufi shrine they they stay so they play there only and this is a traditional traditional cool so you know Hmm. what you've experienced in ustaji's time is just fascinating that he has gone from that real original space and he's grown and expanded in so many ways carrying that yeah through Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan and yeah Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan you know he's a Guinness Book World Record holder for the most recorded and released music in a lifetime you know and Nusrat was actually the ocean of sound he was you know endless endless with his ability to play within that ocean and you know this is i get goosebumps just feeling that you know like what a life and what an embodiment of experience yeah you know he gave everything he had to share the message of peace love and tolerance this is through the music as the medium yeah um wow He's masters. It's the warrior path. It's a warrior path. The koali, you know, classical is nice because you just get a really, it's almost for myself when I practice classical, I get to really enjoy. And the sounds and the 16 beats and the cycles are longer and it's just open more. There's more there. And I just really get to enjoy and like, go deeper into the raga and into the beats and be like, oh, I feel just nourished in classical music. Like it's our source of nourishment to be able to go to these pumping styles of uh, uh, delivery of music. And, you know, I really love the old traditional koali classicals, you know, where we do have koalis in 16 and it's still very pumping even yeah. though we're playing the classical. Right. Uh. <laughs> hmm. Well, I want to ask, you know, bring up something that's, you know, you being a female tabla player from the West in the Kovali mm-hmm. lineage um, is very powerful for you as an individual, for your teachers, and for the overall tradition at large. 
And, you know, how does, how does it feel to embody this concept or this new possibility? Well, you know, well, I was actually, you know, you know, wow. Personally, it's been a huge healing for me personally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a child of America, thank thank God I had an adopted father by the time I was seven, you know. So I was saved in that respect for having my father figure there for me. But um, I had to do a lot of healing on that road of my father. And I, I really look back and I believe like this has really given me that place to do that. You know, I thought, oh, you have to do it with your personal dad or your personal mom or this or no, it's there for you if you if you just want that and that's your intention. And Mm -hmm. it came through this men's lineage for me. And I was so, you know, healed through being able to participate and be supported and be encouraged to be an ambassador for their music because, you know, Sufi music is that it's beyond borders. It's beyond uh, this identity. So therefore you're allowed to slip through that crack right there because it's, it represents actually what we're singing about. Mm -hmm. And Ustad always said, you know, you're not a, you're not a woman or a man in this place. You are an artist. You are beyond this identity when you play Sufi music, when you play music, when you listen to music, when you, you know, this is the gift of the music is it creates that unity space, which is beyond identity. And, um, you know, to be such a master in that lineage and really believe in that, that just really shows like, wow, that music really had purpose in it. It really was purposeful. And they weren't just trying to sing these songs that meant like everyone get together. It was really this activation of it. And that's what, who I represent. That's what Omna Chisti represents. Wow. um, That's so beautiful how it, for you as an individual had this kind of potent healing Avenue. And then also in the tradition at large, it also was a natural expression of what that message is. And Mm -hmm. it's like coming through you and, happening for you individually and in the context of a tradition and that tradition reaching more parts of the world. So it's, it's a very powerful um, experience and uh, it's really amazing. And that's where, you know, artistry comes in very beautiful path because there's something in it where you want for the individual, but you want it for the community as well. And that's like, what happened to me, you know, Mm. and, and I'm, I am offering that because it's, it's, you know, not only as the musician and makes hundreds of people enjoy an evening, but they need as well that enjoyment, you know, and that's creates it to be a healing experience is when the artist is actually um, really able to enjoy um, on these levels and, and um, there's not always that. It, it takes hard work to get there, you know. Yeah. So, you know, that's I remember playing many shows with Ustadji and, you know, I, one, one time he leans over after the show. I said, oh, that one was fun. 
And I, I remember being like, wow, you know, now I know what fun means. <laughs> There's that, that barometer for me. And, and like, yeah, it's about that. You know, sometimes, oh, you know, the people enjoyed, alhamdulillah, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Well, just kind of off of that concept of all this hard work that we put into this music to be able to express it. I'm wondering if you could kind of describe your training in terms of stages, maybe in like 10-year periods, and, you know, what were the focuses of your talim, your training in each of those periods? Mm-hmm. Good one, Will. Yes. The first 10 years, you know, no, no, no performing as an artist. It was not, it was not part of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until, you know, those first 10 years was blood, sweat and tears type of thing, mm-hmm. you know, and also coming from an outsider position, I had to really do that lock into what does this sound like? What does this feel like? What is Rag Bagesh ready? What does this mean? What is this timing? What is all of this stuff I had no concept of. And, um, you know, so that first 10 years was very about me. Do you really want this? Really, are you really going to do five hours today? I don't know. You know, it's like, okay, I am that. I'm doing this, you know. So once that decision was made, which was pretty quick, you know, and I I, I love that the, my first guru I had in Varanasi, he said, you know, tabla, you learn tabla, you learn everything. <laughs> You learn tabla, you know, and I didn't really understand. You can play any instrument if you learn tabla. Mm. Oh, that sounds very inviting. Mm -hmm. But it's true. After you learn it, you realize, oh, that's what he meant is there's melody inside of these percussive instruments. So within Mm -hmm. composition, you have rhythm, you have melody. So therefore, you're learning tabla, you're learning both. This is beautiful path. That's a beautiful yeah. thing to talk about. So, as you know, as well as sitar, you would have to know how to count tinsel to be able oh. to play sitar. So, yeah, yeah. at least. <laughs> yeah. So there's that beautiful aspect of Hindustani classical music that adds those two to create a holistic music. Yep. And um, so that caught me right away. I was like, oh, I'm there. So, hmm. yeah, I would say that first, you know, 10 years really took a lot of me just hiding and doing it and then there became that level where Ostad would push me into that performance seat you know and in Pakistan that's how they learn koali as children is they're pushed into the performance seat and they have to play for everybody or they have to sing it for everybody and everyone's the aunties and uncles are there waiting for the kid to get to that point to even do it. (laughs) So they're like, wait, they're working to it at three or four or five years old. They're already doing it. So this is that, that teaching is so important. Like for us as Americans, we do not get, and um, that's that part of pushing each other, encouraging each other and giving support, not competition. This is something we need to reprogram ourselves as. as, as this is a pushing, supportive energy. Uh, this means like, wow, we're really, keep going, keep enjoying. You have, have to have this supportive energy in this music because that's what it is. It creates us to share in that way. And, 
And so that was a big teaching in my second decade of learning was like getting pushed into that spot, the fire pit. How can you hold it? How can you really hold it in that spot or not? (laughs) So, you know, that began my actual ability to tour like I did in end times, like, well, not end times, but 2018, 19, that was some big touring there. That was a hundred shows a year and stuff. So, you know, how do you get to that place? It's like, you know, really through your teacher being able to help you, you know, come into that place and other students of the path. You know, I have so many Ustad buys that have helped me get into that space too. And that's why I want to create that online communities where we're able to connect with other uh, students on this path that in, create that space of inspiration and and upliftment encouragement and and um and you know that's what we need more as foreigners in our life and and uh i really i'm really starting to see that more and more clearly how we can bring that together in these times and and uh be able to just swim together and and receive the nourishment of uh what is the next level? Like you said, it took, oh, student discipleship for a good solid chunk. Then it came into my teacher actually pushing me into these places, you know, and then it came to the group where we were able and strong enough to able to really produce the sound we had been trying to for so long. Yeah. And, or, oh, wow. I never thought it sounded okay. You know, you are your worst critic for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a great thing, you know. And so you have to really be that in these in these places, and allow yourself to really challenge yourself and and critique, and and that makes those moments that do sound okay, like wow, okay, oh, you give yourself a pat on the back for those feelings because it it makes it feel even more valuable. Yeah. Well, well, I'm curious what, what, what are you most inspired by in your Riyaz like nowadays when you sit down? Mm, I've been really, you know, it's been changing since COVID a lot. So actually I'm just starting to get this feeling of inspiration again for my isolation Riyaz where it's just by myself and no one's listening but, you know, in the beginning of COVID, it was very hard for me to do that. And um, it was very hard to feel like, oh, I just want to practice on my own like I always did. And so I was, you know, going live a lot and creating these online mediums for my reyaz. And that really helped cool. a lot to be able to play for actual people or just have that energy live, like going live. Oh, 45 minutes went by. Oh my gosh, I should press off, you know, no, you know, of course people loved it, but yeah, you know, it's like that energy, just people listening to me gave me, I don't know, it was 45 minutes. And huh. yeah. And now, nowadays I'm coming back into feeling like just doing it on my own again, you know, and playing for my students regularly, you know, just being able to have them um, 
grow and listen and be able to sit here and play. It's like, oh, this is so fun and nourishing for me. And um, I just hope it is in other people's respects. And, you know, it's it's like I, I talk a lot about the spirituality behind the music because that's what really affected me personally in this in this journey. And, you know, everyone is needing their own needs in different ways. So, you know, this is this is also resonant for who needs to resonate in that way and, and is on that path of, uh, you know, sound, sound enlightenment and uh, words, sound and power. You know, this is a thing we should meditate on in humanity as people. I really feel like if we all learned a little about music, everybody included, we would be on a different level of existence Mm -hmm. with each other. And I strongly believe that. So, so I, uh, I continued to practice on my own and I continued to practice for the sake of humanity. Uh, So that's been, been my main inspirations lately. Um, I've been doing a lot of like service work for that too. Like just calling my Facebook friends or Instagram friends that are live in India or Pakistan and I, there I am and they're oh they it's it's such a personal experience to play yeah. for someone via the the WhatsApp or Zoom or something and mm. and uh, just call and be in their living room so that's been a real encouraging fun thing for me to do too um, on mm. this time that I I just been like you know, oh, that's really fun. And they called the whole family in, you know, and mm. and all of that. So that's a way for me to not only give back, but also feel like my cup is getting full, filled as well. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, you've mentioned um, some online workshops and classes. And I'm wondering for our listeners who would like to connect with you, what's the best way for them to find um, mm-hmm. access to your classes and studying with you? Yeah. And I'm so, so blessed to say that your, your partner has, um, you know, really encouraged and supported me in this path of being able to answer your question so easily and just say amanachisti.com. There you go. <laughs> amanachisti.com, everyone. Wow. And I did take the Amina, you know, is uh, many pronunciations of this name throughout the world, many spellings. Mm-hmm. And um, it's all from the root word. And Amina is actually the name of our prophet, peace be upon him, his mother. Ah. So Amina is the mother figure. Also, Amina is uh, meaning trustworthy, which is very reliable tabu player. Resonated very well. And Holding down uh, the groove. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... I ended up taking the Arabic version of Amina, which is the A-M-I-N-A-H, with the H at the end. And um, Chisti is a really powerful name, too. Like we were tapping into Chaja Moinadin Chisti, you know, it's C-H-I-S-H-T-I, Chisti. This is the 
Sufi lineage of the ones that uh, are given permission to play music. Hmm. You know, and, you know, we have different paths of Sufism and these different styles of Sufis practice in different ways. So Chistis are the ones that practice with music. This is our lineage style. And, um, you know, we have like Nachbandis, you know, these are Nachbandis practice with the zikr only. They don't practice with the music. Zikr is an acapella. Remember, la ilaha illallah. In many different for- ways they do it. Yeah. It's beautiful. So these are, you know, that's why I am a chisti, you know, is because um, I'm a practitioner of the music and path a spiritual path you know so beautiful so it would be amina would that be it is a, amina and amina. Uh, my usta in punjabi says amna so we leave out the uh or the uh so we just simplify a lot in punjabi which is really nice uh-huh and uh it has different you know, dialect versions amina amina amna i mean uh, amina this, these are all variations of the same name. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Amina, this has just been such a fun conversation. I feel like, you know, we could keep going. And, uh, but I think this is a great uh, chunk for our listeners to just uh, experience. And I love how much you've shared about this tradition, about your experience learning, about just these overall concepts of what being a musician is and how we can um, stay connected to our music practice in the times of COVID if we are musicians. And it, it's just been such a great chat. Mm, thank you. I'm going to leave you with a little tea high. Ah, the proper uh-huh. way to end. I love it. We ended with a tea high, folks. This is this is amazing. Thank you, brother. So inspiring to share my story. And thank you, everyone out there, for being encouraged to dive deeper into this philosophy and know that it's a very medicinal experience for us to become musical practitioners. I really honor everyone in the in the life to step forward towards receiving such a bounty and a blessing in life and open our ability to this consciousness of the transparency of unity through music. I, mm. I, I'm so thankful and thank you for creating this uh, stream and medium for people to discuss these beautiful experiences we've had that touched us in so many ways. And I saw you had Daniel Paul on your, yeah. on your, talk as well I want to listen to that one too but you know Daniel Paul was such a inspiration for me too you know it's like 
he was one of the first foreigners to actually live with a master and make make the master chai. You know, this is this is something to do. I know. Really? I I really <laughs> I I got to interview kind of these like I call them like the founding fathers of Westerners who did that: Steve Gorn, Jayutal, Daniel Paul, and like so amazing that we pay our pranam to these guys who started this whole bridge and this whole wave and yeah just what you said and that interview daniel shares some great stories and um <laughs> yeah so that's yeah, the whole whole point of this show is to just share this this um nourishing wisdom and um message with with the world alhamdulillah thank you for you will and i look forward to playing some more music with you Thank you so much for joining on yet another episode of the World Music Podcast. Just a reminder to like and subscribe to us here so you're notified when the next episode comes out. And today I want to invite you, if you're really enjoying these episodes, to share them with someone who you think would equally enjoy them. I know that there are many out there who are looking for this type of material and conversations about life and music. And for you just taking a moment to share that with them, it would really help us spread the word and inspire more people. So I'll create a very easy way to do that in the description here. There will be a link that says share, and you can email or text that to a friend. It will take them to a page where they can choose which platform they like to listen to podcasts on, whether it's Spotify or Apple Music or others. And uh, just taking a simple moment to share this episode goes a long way. So once again, thank you, and we'll see you on the next one.